Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let Loose with Moose. Today I have OX Jeff with me. Hello Jeff, how are you doing? Hello Moose. Yeah, doing great. Doing great, man. Thanks for inviting me to be here. Now I'm happy to have you on. So maybe we could start off with a little bit of your introduction and background of yourself. Could you share a little bit more about that? Yep, absolutely. So as you probably know, right, currently I'm a DeFi researcher, Twitter, um, focusing on research um, and writing content, uh, DeFi content on Arbitrum mainly, right? And uh, from time to time, I also share some DGen picks um, uh, that I, you know, got in and got out. Uh, some profitable, some not profitable, but yes, we, we DGening, right? Um, so that's what I've been doing. Um, and also advising a couple of um, Web3 uh, uh, new projects, right, that, that's planning on launching. Um, that has been fun. But previously, I, you know, before all of this, I was working with the Spartan Group um, as a senior analyst um, in the advisory front. So as you all probably know, Spartan Group is a crypto uh, venture capital, right, uh, with, you know, a pretty large uh, asset under management. Um, Spartan Group is based in Asia, um, but you know, there's not just crypto uh, VCs uh, vertical in the Spartan Group. There's also um, like crypto advisory and crypto venture builder. And I was um, lucky to be in the crypto um, advisory part where you can think of it as like uh, Goldman Sachs investment banks, um, but rather than traditional business, um, right? It's more focused on crypto businesses. So um, Spartan help um, like crypto businesses with fundraising, whether it be equity fundraising, token fundraising, or um, M&A uh, as well. And um, they work with, you know, uh, like large uh, Web3 corporates um, across uh, uh, the industry. So I work with um, Spartan for over a year, um, just mainly I'm not sure if, if uh, the audience is, you know, familiar with investment banks, but it's basically just, you know, prepare, working with the, um, the, the companies, um, the target companies that you want uh, to help them to get funding, right? So you work with them um, from, you know, digging uh, down into the business model and then crafting uh, a really nice stories or a narrative um, that you can, um, sell it to investors or to attract um, investors in to invest um, in that project, right? So um, the process or the work is pretty similar to um, traditional investment banks, where if you're an analyst, your main role is to create all the, you know, uh, PowerPoint deck or the um, teaser or the invest investor memorandum where um, it, where these are the core sort of materials for investors to take a look at, right, and really understand what is the uh, business, what is the unique selling points, key differentiation, um, and, and, you know, what are the, the key metrics and traction and the future roadmap uh, and team and, and, and all that good stuff, right, about the projects. Um, so this is one, and there's also uh, a part about, you know, doing financial uh, modeling, um, like, doing equity, uh, doing uh, discount, discounted cash flow analysis, um, just like traditional investment banks, um, but, but less so, right? Um, and, you know, doing token model um, and all the other analysis that, you know, goes with it. Um, and yeah, managing um, data room 
managing, like reaching out to investors, um, pitching to some investors, and yeah, making sure that the, the process is closed and then the projects uh, get their well-needed funding. So that's the gist of it of what I did in um, the Spartan Group. Um, but even before Spartan Group, I wasn't in crypto at all. I was in um, private equity and venture early stage venture capital um, in Bangkok, Thailand. I'm 100% uh, Thai, by the way, uh, born and raised in Thailand. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah nice thank you so much for sharing man like you you literally just went on i didn't have to prompt you at all <laughs> i was like preparing a few questions for asking about spartan group right um but could i just ask like did you have a background in finance like did you know that you wanted to get into uh the private equity scenes from from the beginning or like how did you end up right yeah that's a great one um so so rewind back to when i was really young right i think it was um probably seven or eight years so i was watching a tv show in, in thailand um so at that time we we had a similar show to shark tank um mm-hmm. uh, that this show in thai um, is called sme feedback um, in which they take several smes uh, businesses who want funding who want you know um advice like more advice more strategic advice right so they come on this show it's it works just like shark tank where they have to pitch their business model pitch their traction pitch their you know future roadmap of you know where they want to take this um and there would be a panel of judges right breaking down the businesses and you know seeing in the end whether the sme um deserve the grants and also deserve the investment uh from these judges um so when I watch it, when I was seven or eight years old, I was blown away by um, how the entrepreneur on the stage was able to keep everything together and was able to eloquently um, explain like the things that they do, right? There, there's so many interesting businesses, so many um, and so many different sort of initiatives, um, ideas that they have brought to life. Um, and the judges was like very quick on their feet. They were able to tell like whether this business is going to go, it's going to do well or whether it's going to fail. Um, so at that moment, I, I was, I was just like a seven or eight years old kid, right? I didn't know anything. So like I was, my eyes were sparked and inspired by this show particularly. Um, and I really wanted to be. Um, the judge uh, judging the business, uh, judging the entrepreneur, uh, because it looks so cool. I want to, you know, have that knowledge and know, like, have the well-rounded knowledge across different industries, right? And know what drives business, uh, what, uh, you know, is the 80% that contributes to the success of the business. Um, And also, like, at at the same time, I really wanted to be um, the entrepreneur as well because they, they seem to create something, some value. Um, they you know, bring in other peoples around them, their team, and then they, you know, uh, they, they help uh, push everybody's up, right? Create jobs, you know, create value, create products uh, with value for, for customers. So I wanted to be both. That's why um, after that show, I made a vow to myself that, you know, whatever I do, I'll, um, I'll create my own business someday. 
not sure what it's going to be in the form of, but uh, I want to do that, right? Um, and so throughout my entire um, uh, education uh, background and then Korea is more focused on business, learning more about business, understanding uh, more about business. When I got to college, um, I enrolled in BBA and I, you know, chose several majors, right? I, in the end, I ended up choosing finance uh, because it seems like, you know, uh, financial, right? You, you learn about how um, all the specifics, um, numbers, um, attribute to what really understanding, you know, uh, you know, what is revenue, what is cost, um, balance sheet, you know, and how, you know, it, it shows like the, the financial strength of the business, like you can gauge, you can analyze it. And yeah, so, and it's, it, at the time, it seems like the most difficult sort of major out of all the um, uh, major in, in BBA. Yeah, so I took that. Um, and then when I graduated, I did a three months internship at a boutique investment banking house. Um, in Bangkok, Thailand as well. Um, and yeah, in the end, I, I, I learned that I didn't really like um, investment banks because uh, it's, it's the guy in the middle, right? It, it's a middleman. Even though that guy uh, bridge, bridge in and create value for both, uh, the sellers, like the, the business who want to raise fund, um, bridging that with the investors who really want to get more financial return, right? Or better strategic uh, strategic synergies uh, in terms of business, right? Even though it's a guy bridging and creating value between two parties, um, like it just ends, right? It's project by project. You um, start working with a client. You uh, did a uh, financial uh, PowerPoint. Uh, your your IM, your your teaser, your deck, and then you you sort of run all this process, and then maybe like in four months to six months, that's it, right? And then you move on to the next thing. You don't really get sort of uh, the impact of your efforts uh, so much as you know other fields so I felt like yeah it it wasn't really impactful for me it could be for you know some other people but not for me so after that I moved on and I, re I really got lucky also so at the time I was um, I was uh, young and um, I didn't have a girlfriend right so um, I downloaded tinder this was when tinder was so early um like so, so there, there wasn't a lot of people using it and i you know started playing with it there was no um tinder gold or premium whatever that we have right now um so i just started swiping uh when i was doing the internship as well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because uh when i was doing the there was like a very long time this this is another reason why i quit there was another long period of time where there was a lot of projects so i was really really bored it was a boutique investment bank house after all um, so I, yeah, I, at the time I was, you know, trading Forex, uh, like trying, you know, just trading commodities and, and Forex and then trying it out. And I was at the same time, like, you know, swiping on Tinder. Um, and I got really lucky that, you know, I, I matched uh, with a girl who um, seemed pretty interesting. Like at the time, usually the, the majority of the people don't have anything on their bio because it was so new, right? People just wanted to try it out, but this uh, particular girl, she seemed like she she's fun. Uh, she seems like you know she put all the the quirky and weird bio, um, and yeah, I didn't know that she she was uh, working at a re recruitment agency before. But I you know I got connected to her, close uh, with her, and then befriended 
um, her entire recruitment agency because uh, at times, right, I would be going uh, across to to her NJC, which is uh, like luckily it was like pretty close to the office that I was at the time. It was like walking distance. Um, so yeah, and after sometimes, right, there there was a job placement that came by for that recruitment agency, but that's for you know manager role of a private private uh, equity house. But then they were like sort of looking for a junior analyst and fresh grad as well. And I sort of fit that role um, perfectly. And then, yeah, because I befriended um, the recruitment agency already, they sort of send my profile um, to, to that private equity house. And yeah, after about three or four rounds of interviews of, you know, talking to everybody on the team, um, I ended up getting the role, which is pretty lucky because I, I worked there for about two and a half years, um, which, you know, I learned so many things from that place, from um, how to navig uh, navigate and then manage, uh, um, work around different stakeholders, right? Uh, because, you know, at that private equity, um, we had to work with a very, you know, traditional, very old um, kind of institutions, mm -hmm. like the LPs or the limited partners who provided the money are all um, like very old uh, traditional institutions in Thailand, like big banks. Um, so I have to, like those guys were the IC or the investment committee um, for us as well. So I learned a lot by watching my, um, the partners and the seniors, right? Pitching to to them and, uh, you know, analyze all these uh, different things that, that's necessary um, to, you know, sell the business and, uh, basically yeah, convince them to, to put their money into the projects. So I learned how to sort of uh, look at uh, business in a way where like I could pick, a, pick, pick it apart and really understand like what drives it, right? What are the, the, the revenue drivers, the, the cost drivers that, you know, make this a success. So I learned this from there, um, which, which is all like very nice, but like the, the culture, it, it was like pretty tough as well, like working, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, 12 to 14 hours a day um, at times. Um, and it, it was cool. It was like, I, I guess, better than investment banks because private equity is buy side job. So it's more investors job. Um, we don't have to sort of um, listen to the client, right? And do everything we, we sort of serve ourselves and always serve the limited partners or an investment committee. Um, so which is very different from uh, investment banks where um, you tend to, you know, have to do like majority of the things that the clients or that the target companies ask. Um, so yeah, it, I think overall it's better. Um, but yeah, uh, working culture in the end wasn't wasn't that good. Um, and yeah, but but I learned a lot throughout the two and a half years. And but at, towards the end, right, I really wanted to explore more um, early stage startups, more tech companies, right? Uh, because private equity, usually you just work with old people, frankly, like LPs, investment committee, and also the, the projects that you work with. And they are like SMEs, right? Usually SMEs mm -hmm. business are filled with, you know, old people, uh, like 40, 50, sometimes 60, <laughs> 70. Yeah. And um, yeah, I wanted to move on. So um, I was applying to different jobs, right? In the end, I got a a really nice job at a at a um, early stage like fun, a small fund. Um, this fund was you know driven by a co-founder of 
Lazada Thailand and also co-founder of um, Rapid Care, which is a like a really big uh, insure tech uh, company in, in Thailand. So the, the one of the co-founder has um, a side fund in which he uses it to you know invest in early stage projects um, in in Thailand. So like it it was me him like there wasn't anybody else. So when I you know joined, I would be just working alongside him as his right hand man, uh, executing early stage investments that he's interested in. And then the thesis of the place um, is pretty unique as well. I'll just share the name. Um, it's called Alpha Founders. Um, so at Alpha Founders, right, the thesis was pretty different than other VCs. Like they would invest in very very early, like at seed stage or sometimes pre seed. Um, and in Thailand startup scene, right, um, there's a lot of good companies, like good startups with great products, but the teams do not have like an idea of how to, you know, sell it to investors. Like team is great, but sometimes team is uh, uh, like traditional. Um, they don't know how to pitch. Um, their website, you know, kind of sucks, but like the core um, product, they're like, communities behind their actual people using it every day and people love the, the actual product. So we try to find this kind of product, invest in it, and then really help push um, them uh, to, you know, to investors after, you know, we invest in. And that was, was the thesis. And the, the support that we provided is huge. Like I, some of the projects, right, that I work with, I went in um, to invest. So I completed the, the deal. Uh, run the process and then after investment i would be sitting as a corporate development manager trying to uh, drive the projects um, drive the actual day-to-day -day in terms of all the different metrics that they have to achieve all the kpi um, and then work with them like in terms of um, what they have to focus on right um, in the present and in the future and how it ties together um, to, to the narrative that, that, you know, they got to pitch to um, investors. And I also help, you know, like become sort of just blend in, right? Become the corp dev and also pitch to like a lot of investors as well, which was like a really good experience um, to work on my soft skill uh, and also work on, you know, the, the pitching skill and, and just how to communicate in a way that's not that's not all fluff, that's not all shit, but you don't know, have something behind it. Yeah, I learned a lot from, from uh, but but that that was uh, only for like over a year, um, and that was in um, around twenty twenty one and like to the middle of twenty twenty two, and that's where I started to discover uh, crypto as well. This was um, the end of twenty twenty one because I had to look at uh, new side right like Texas, uh, Tech in Asia, um, and at at one point like. 50% of the page is filled with uh, crypto news. Um, it was just like pure crypto news, like Bitcoin, go up, go down, eat, uh, like updates about something. And at the time I had no idea what's all this. I just know Bitcoin is like people coin it as uh, digital gold, right? And people love Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, but at that point I felt like I have to check it out. Um, so I, I got in and then there was like a hype behind PancakeSwap auto compounder or something at the time. And you promised to get like 70%, 80% returns. Um, and I, you know, I, I put my money in there. And then throughout the next two or three weeks, um, it just crashed down. And I lost like 
20, 30% of my position there, but I, I, I tried it out, right? Didn't put a lot. And then I, I moved on, but that got me, you know, a foot in into the industry and mm-hmm. I sort of around and like try to understand what all these means. What is LPs? What is impermanent loss? Um, what is the risk of investing in this? What is, you know, compounding? What are the yields um, of these? What's emissions? But at that point, I mean, I'm just uh, tricked, uh, you know, not tricked, but I'm just hooked into the allure of making quick bucks also uh, with the industry, right? That's why the next investment that I got right after was uh, Time Wonderland. That was when, you know, Frog Nation was. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The famous. Yeah. Daniel uh, Sesta yeah. was like the, the big uh, cult leader at the time, right? So I, I bought Time Wonderland and I like, I was really struggling on how to convert it to memo, to, to wrap memo and, and stake it. Uh, but in the end, it, it got through, right? And then I put it there for a week. Um, I put in $1,000, which was like pretty, um, a lot of money at the time. Um, and then in the next week, it from $1,000, uh, it turned into two thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I was like, "Oh shit!" It doubled in a week, <laughs> and and for every single day, right? Because it's uh, staked. Um, like you could see, I could see the amount like going up, and I would be like calculating on my Excel sheet every day. Like, oh shit! It just goes up in value every day, both in terms of price and in terms of you know the actual amount. And the thesis was simple: the three-three gamification, like game theory like you just everybody just hold right everybody keep on holding and then we win together <laughs> everybody bought into it and i bought into it I, I i was like oh shit so much hype community like huge community right everybody's like oh just keep on staking and i believed it so i, I kept it there right for a week and then um, i felt that oh i already doubled uh, i should put in more so i don't miss the train so i put and even more money, I put in uh, another um, 2,500, which was like huge uh, for me at the time. Uh, so I put it in and then for the next three weeks, I slowly saw it, you know, bleed from like bleed around 20 or 30% of something. And at that point, like at some point, right, a month after or something, I had to cut loss and just like accept uh, all of this and move on. And yeah that time you know, that taught me a lot of lessons about uh, 3.3 in general um, but i was still really interested that you know that taught me lesson in 3.3 and then that you know kept that my interest high when i uh, discovered a ve 3.3 model when andre Cronje, you know came back and introduced uh, all of that um, but anyhow uh, ust was popular at the time and abracadabra uh, mim uh, mim spell like there was a UST Degen box cauldron where mm-hmm. they would, you know, leverage farm um, your UST. So from twenty percent um, APR uh, APY, you would get uh, around one hundred thirty or one hundred forty, and everybody was you know jumping to get in. Like you need to like wait uh, on the screen for the whole day or you like, set up a bot uh, to get into the position. So like I really wanted to get in, right? I wanted that return. So I was like really waiting for it. And then opportunity comes, I, I uh, got the funds in, I looped the entire thing. And then I, I put it there for about two months. Luckily, um, like they, at the time they had to migrate it, the fund, like they wormhole bridge was uh, closing down or something. Like they changed the bridge uh, between Terra and Ethereum. Um, so yeah, they, we had to get the funds out. Um, but 
yeah, in the end, uh, we uh, that avoided the sort of terror crash that came about oh, one nice. month after rain. But the thing is, I didn't stop there. Um, I invested because I, I I went in the Terra um, ecosystem projects already, and there was like Mars. Um, there was uh, like the the three projects that was launching with Lockdrop, right? And like Lockdrop was cool. I really wanted to get in, and then the UI UX of Terra projects was top notch. It was very simple, very easy to use. And at the time, compared to other projects in any other chains, I think Terra. Terra ecosystem projects were the best um, in there in terms of user experience. So I really enjoy that. And I think it, it's a key part of, you know, making it easy for, for users to like really use uh, the product or the project, right? So that's why I put a lot of <laughs> that profits in the, in Astroport and in Mars. And like, I think the other one was Kinetic, uh, Kinetic Money. Um, yeah, I put in three of these, I lock, it for 12 months. Uh, so my USC is locked, um, like about 50% of my USC is locked uh, in, in these projects. Um, so yeah, when Terra crash happened, it just, it was just gone. Like it was just locked. I couldn't do anything with it. Um, other than like, you know, thinking about the, <laughs> thinking about the, the, the portion that was lost there. Um, but yeah, and the other 50%, right. I, I, I got really emotional and I tried to make it back. I started um, shorting uh, Luna, and then I got you know uh, dead cat bounce, and I got liquidated um, on the way. And then afterwards, um, I used my fund to invest in a couple of other things. One of it being uh, NFTs. Um, yeah, that was a great time to invest in NFTs. I had no idea how to flip it. I didn't know that you know there there's a huge communities of uh, insiders who are like KOLs. Um, or even like whitelisters um, who just try to get whitelist right and then just dump it on uh, the, the retail. So usually the, the price is not good for uh, flipping after they launch uh, the projects. After I didn't know that. I didn't know anything about mm-hmm. that. So I got in and, and lost a lot of money uh, flipping NFTs. Um, and yeah, after that, just yeah, lost basically lost the entire portfolio in 2022. And I just stopped um, everything. <laughs> I just I didn't want to touch uh, crypto anymore. But at, in the end, right, I got an opportunity at the Spartan Group. I I was degening so hard that I built sort of the foundation for the industry, right, and was able to get get in. Yeah. Nice. Man, we could definitely go all day, man. If go around your every <laughs> yeah, investment sorry, that sorry, you had. That was just <laughs> that was just one question, but I I was like taking <laughs> probably thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah no worries. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, but it's really nice to to hear your journey. Um, like like how you started off. Actually, I was thinking about it. Like, it's pretty amazing that uh you were pretty interested in Shark Tank at like eight years old. Uh, I don't think, mm. I don't even think I was exposed to it at that point, and I wouldn't be interested. I think even if I was exposed to it. So I think it's a really, it's really cool, man. And and you kind of mentioned the Tinder story of uh basically how you got your whole career started based on a Tinder yeah. swipe. Just, so in the end, in yeah. the end, it didn't lead to anything though. We're we're good friends, um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't actually become boyfriend girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. She she was actually talking to several guys at the mm-hmm. time, like 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 you know at the same time. Uh, yeah, in the end, we didn't get together, and now I I have uh, an actual girlfriend that I have been in relationship with uh, for like 
more than more than three and a half years. Oh, nice. Already. Yeah, almost happy four for years. You. And yeah, pretty pretty happy life. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a heck of a story, man. Imagine getting a, a whole career in finance and private equity based on the twin side. I think it's really crazy, man. <laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, and and of course, uh, we know that you are no longer with Spartan, right? And you decided to go solo. Your trader now, so maybe you could share a little bit more on why did, did you decide to to go solo instead, uh, gotcha. and do what you're doing right now? Yeah, yeah. So the the role that I was taking on as a Spartan group, right, was more focused on advisory, like investment banks works that I just shared, right? Basic. Um, I I was <laughs> I was basically the the PowerPoint guy. I would be, you know, um, trying to create uh, like really nice looking slides and uh, just trying to craft different narratives and uh, try to pitch it in a way that's interesting, right? Which is pretty cool, pretty fun. Um, but um, what I really wanted to do in the industry is to um, be deeper uh, with the DeFi projects. Um, the project that we were working with at the time was more focused on um, like Web 2.5 or Web 3, but really big corporates, like big centralized exchange, big data analytics uh, business, or like like huge uh, business, which is not um, definitive enough, I guess. I really wanted to be, you know, uh, in the industry, learning about the new DeFi innovation and, and learning more on that. Like initially, I had no idea about DeFi. I only know what a DEX is. Um, and yeah, I had to um, try to build up my knowledge. And before I'm leaving, uh, about one and a half or two months, right? I really like I I was like really focusing on Twitter, trying to learn a lot of things. And I found out uh, from talking to a couple of um, other VC friends and and cre uh, previously creators or writers as well, right? They said that you should try writing. Writing is a way for you to sort of frame your thoughts and yeah it will get your thoughts like structured and keep you know push things going at the time i was a bit skeptical and i was scared uh, also to to write i didn't I'm, i don't have the best writing skills right i um yeah i don't know how to structure anything so i had to start fresh so at that time i had like you know 10 followers or something i just uh started uh, reading about something. And I, initially I started on Substack also. I started uh, writing first about personal experience of when I went um, to like sort of a Chinese New Year party. So so my dad, uh, on my dad's side, uh, he he has a girlfriend, right? And on his girlfriend's side, he um, that's like very Chinese uh, kind of family, Chinese background. So they ho hold a lot of uh, Chinese uh, uh, sort of yeah, the, the different Chinese days, right? They, they hold uh, this kind of get together or something. So there, there was a like a Chinese New Year went in uh, to join their like barbecue parties and all that. So many people, um, and I, I talked to you know uh, uh, like a few uncles uh, who who were like successful uncles. Like so one of them was uh, like a, a CEO for a very big uh, company. I, I talked to him, and uh, we were like arguing about the future of crypto about you know future of bitcoin and all this like whether it's going to be a scam it's just like explaining this for no means right and i found that it's very very difficult man because crypto there, there's so many different um uh, complex lingos right that don't exist 
in the in you know in, in real life um so i had to find different analogies to explain like all these different complex concepts and at the time i suck at it. it it was like a it was like a chore to 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 do it so i sort of bent my anger and I sort of told this story in my sub stack um you, you guys can go check it out as, as the first one i think it sucked but it's a, a bit funny and so i tried to make it funny um to not bore our readers right and that got me start uh, started on this entire thing. Um, um, like after that, I didn't feel like I enjoyed writing so much, right? Because it didn't really get any traction. Like basically, one or two uh, people read it at the time, uh, which which was huge for me. Uh, it was you know people were willing to read that, um, but then so not a lot of people. I, so I pivoted uh, my focus onto Twitter, um, trying to read more on Twitter, writing more on it. And I started uh, trying different things out, a lot of trial and errors, a lot of A-B testing in terms of uh, how I should, you know, write the post, how I should write the hook, uh, what should be, you know, uh, and I didn't, didn't re really have any mentors. I was just looking at, you know, um, all the other uh, uh, influences, like how they, how they write it, try to, you know, copy their style a bit. Um, and then, yeah, try to make it mine, adjust it together, right? Um, and after after a while, like the type of posts that generate uh, really good engagement for me earlier was uh, trading picks. I think there was like a, a small bull market, right, on Arbitrum. And like in March, um, I, I started doing more like trading picks, market picks up, right. Um, <clears throat> the overall macro at the time was better, um, so I I tried to put in like oh different you know coins by market cap, uh, top coins in different narrative. And then like, oh, so many people uh, like, mm -hmm. like and retweet and uh, engage in that tweet. And those kind of tweets sort of uh, brought up my followers count in, in the realms of hundreds uh, people, right? Uh, and yeah, every day at the time, I would be working in the Spartan group uh, from uh, 9 to around 10 uh, p.m. or around 10 or 11 p.m. on average. And like, three or four hours um, from 10 to like 2 a.m. I would be spending time researching and writing content. Um, yeah, it was like a struggle the first uh, month and the first month and a half when I was like uh, working there as a spot, especially when uh, at the time when deals were like coming in, right, and we have to execute. Um, but yeah, that got me started. And then that got me deeper um, into looking um, into different uh, DeFi projects, uh, like doing deep dives, really digging into um, each main area that I usually analyze, right, in each project, uh, which, um, like, in usually uh, I would look at two things, but if the project is interesting enough and then we have more time to analyze, right, if it's not like an urgent play, like long-term fundamental, then I look at other things as well, but usually it's just mainly um, the the products um, of this uh, project, whether it is a fundam fundamentally sound uh, product, whether there's a demand for this kind of product, right? Whether the product is unique compared to other projects in the market. Um, and other than product, uh, product, you know, sort of, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, there, there are about three, three things, I guess, not two. There are products and then there's uh, tokenomics, um, like token utilities, um, token distribution, and also um, whether there's a mechanism to um, maintain and sort of uh, push it to to get a, a pro 
great, good price discovery, right? Like a mechanism to curb the selling pressure. Um, yeah, basically tokenomics. And then the thirdly is on communities, on marketing, on the hype, on the narrative and sort of the sentiment behind this project, which um, I think is really, 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 really important, right? Um, if, you know, nobody likes your, your project, um, yeah, people wouldn't, yeah, people wouldn't take a look. Um, we see that happen, right, uh, from project that I, I got lucky, I found it very early on DeFi, uh, sorry, on Dex2 as well, uh, PSI, like Trident Dow, I found it like the first two hours after it launched, I got in really great price and I got around 7x um, after that I sold uh, at a good price also. But then uh, like for, for people who were following this, um, like the, the project's founders didn't really care about the community, right? He was just like, oh, fuck you guys. I'm just, I just, you know, just want to build. Uh, yeah, I don't give a, don't really give a shit, man. Uh, whatever you, you say about the projects and then just not much uh, communication, right? Over the course of uh, so many months. Um, so yeah, that, that's, I, I guess that's an, an example of really not managing the uh, community when they have something different or something unique in terms of the products, right? And the team is, you know, really set on uh, executing and building it out as well, which is where um, I think the team is an important part. And usually it's hard to analyze teams, right? Because you, like for retail users, you don't really get access to talking to the founders um, or, you know, uh, like seeing all these different founders, right? And, and how they execute. Um, you don't get to talk to them every week, right? Um, so yeah, uh, that's why I don't include a team in, in the usual analysis, but yeah. So yeah, that's about three things that I usually look at. Um, and oh shit, I just had a had a brain fart. What what was the point that I was trying to get to? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was asking why did you decide to go solo? And how did you go down this path? All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, 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 yes. I'm getting to that in a bit. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was uh, getting deeper into all the deep dives, right? And, and I really enjoy it. Um, I really enjoy it and I enjoy it much more than I was working in the Spartan group when I was um, doing investment banking works. Um, and like I, because I, I had like buy side experience, right? I wanted, I really enjoyed uh, looking at different businesses, different projects, breaking it down and then seeing what drives it and like testing out the thesis that I, that I put into. And so, um, like starting the the whole Twitter journey has sort of served as the place for me to um, share my thesis on the projects that I, I I think is bullish and I share my thoughts why, and then sort of see it gets validated or get shit on a month or two months after also when I when I got it wrong and yeah there there are a lot of times when I got it wrong. there was a period like of two three weeks when. I would be sharing like a very degen pics. Not sure if you know any of my followers uh, remember it, but I think this was around two and a half or three months ago. That was like a really bad period, man. I was actively trading uh, for two, three weeks, like new plays every day. There was like new coins out, get in, get in, rotate, get in, rotate out. Like on Arbitrum, like so many coins, right? Um, and I ended up losing like so much money there. And yeah, like I, I shared so many bad plays to, to my followers at the time. It was pretty sad about So I stopped like with with that kind of shit coins um, uh -huh. DJ play. It's really not worth it. So was um, that sorry, what was that during the like meme season a few months back? 
that was I think that was before meme season. It was uh, a new shiny coin season on Arbitrum where um, there was a lot of new projects that's launching new things. Um, and these new new things, right? They they look new. Like it's never been on Arbitrum before, and it looks like it's gonna be like some new innovation or something. But majority of it didn't really work. Um, and oh yeah, th that was a period where there was also a, a lot of new coins on Ethereum as well. And yeah, I was I would have like all these different uh, shit coiners uh, groups just following everything into the coins or um, yeah, different alpha groups, right? Uh, right yeah, it didn't right. really work out well. Yeah. I so mean, yeah. Yeah, there's like thousands of new new tokens being created every every hour, even on on that screen, right? If you take a look on all the shit coins, right? But yeah, um, yeah. I think it's really great that you actually covered what you look at when you're looking to um, invest in the in the buying a certain token, right? Um, so you yeah. mentioned the the three things just now, like um, team, community, and sorry, what's the last one? Um, so the main thing, right, is product. Um, product, right. product uh, whether it has product market fit, uh, key differentiation. The number two is token um, tokenomics, uh, which entails token utilities, uh, distribution and just mechanism to keep the price in place. Um, number three, uh, shit, what's the, what's in the, oh, marketing uh, communities, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh -huh. Marketing communities, um, that's, you know, rarely behind the hype, the narrative and the sentiment of the projects, right? Um, so, which is why I, uh, I, I really enjoy Alpha Scan because I, I use that to, to search for sentiment now, looking whether, you know, other KOLs or other influencers have covered that coins. So that's also a good way of um, sentiment check. Um, and yeah, for, I, I guess, number four, if you if you have an insider info, right, or if you're a KOL, you get to talk to projects. Definitely mm -hmm. um, team is very, very important. Yeah. Right. And and on that note, right, I wanted to follow up with, actually wanted to ask about your investing framework, but I guess you pretty much covered it. Just want to check with you if there's uh, any other things that you, you do before you click that buy button that you have not mentioned yet for sure for sure um i since right now i'm, I'm in so many alpha groups and mm -hmm. so many so many DAOs. uh i would have to I, I think this is part of the sentiment check also seeing like what people think about the coins i think this is really important right because sometimes you either don't have the um capacity or capabilities to um, like really look deep into this project. Sometimes like it's not your area of expertise, right? It could be like, uh, for me, it's AI. Like I don't know a lot about AI. So whenever there's supposedly, whenever there's a new AI coins that people are really investing in, I would be like looking at other people's opinions and see whether it makes sense. So I, I look at different DAOs, look at uh, crypto Twitter, look at, uh, sometimes I go through Medium as well, go to Medium and then like, uh, search for articles, right? Long form articles to see whether it's, it gets break, uh, broken down. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's what I do a lot. I, I don't do, um, I don't form my own thesis uh, based on pure raw information. Um, a lot of times I would just uh, be looking at other people's opinions and form my own thesis from there as well. Uh, so yeah, it just depends on on the, uh, the 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 key area that I'm good at, and um, I suggest like if, if you if you're if you're listening to this right, if you're new, um, I would suggest like really taking time to to read and understand other people's like thesis or views behind each token, and then 
form your view after that, whether this guy makes sense and don't just trust by blindly, right? You have to verify it as well, read it and then go check it out, whether that's true, whether, you know, it's really like that, whether it's a FUD, whether it's um, like uh, actual fact. So yeah, that, that that's what I do a lot. And also um, like there, there are little things, right? That, that um, you do, you, you check for, um, the best route, um, like how to execute the trade. Um, I usually use the Phylama, um, uh Dex, uh, like oh, yeah. aggregator. These That's days. the best. Have, yeah, I think they're the best, right? Um, they aggregate, like they tell you which one is the best at the, the swaps. Uh, but sometimes um, like all these aggregators um, don't get included as well. So you, you have to check and then you also have to check from CoinGecko or, you know, Dex tools, whether it's the best route. Um, usually it is, usually it is a like, very smooth experience, right? And so, yeah, I guess that's basically basically it um, in terms of the, the parameters, but I, I put more emphasis on sort of the, the first step, right? Uh, which is like, when I look at the projects, whether um, it, it fits the the narrative, whether like, and especially how to size uh, when, when, you know, the, the when it fits, um, when I really want to get into the coin, um, how to size, how to DCA, and how to take profits, especially in this kind of market. You can't just like blindly, blind, blindlessly ape and then just wish for the best, right? You have to know like when to get out, when to get in and when to get out. This is extreme. I think this is probably the, the most important, like shitty, shitty coins, right? It could pump, but if you don't get out, uh, you just yeah it, it it would be shitty right mm -hmm. uh, i'm sorry not just shitty coin like any any other coins right if you get in and it pumps but you, you don't take profits um then you that 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 coin just stuck there you don't like you can't do anything with it so uh, the rule of thumb for me um right now is um for fundamentally sound projects right that i believe in medium to long term i would be taking uh like 25% of the position chunk of profits whenever there's uh, about 30% or 50% pumps um, and try to leave between 50% or uh, 25 to 50% of the stack uh, left uh, for it to, to run into the next bull market. So that's my target for uh, fundamentally sound projects, projects that I really believe in. Uh, is it, if it's a shit coins, then uh, I would take different approach uh, because the, the pumps would be faster and higher, right? I would be taking aggressive profits, like uh, like initially like 50% of the profits uh, taken after 2x. And then when it's 3x, right, I take another 25% um, and then like wait a bit potential 4x or if it retraced, uh, look at it, right? If, if there's a chance for it to pump or not pump and then just exit uh, based on that. So yeah, I think that's that's the over overview high level of, of the way I think. But you know, in in reality, there's a lot like different smaller things, uh, other factors that goes into it as well. Right. Awesome. And on that note, I want to ask you the next question because you cover so many projects, right? All the chains as well. What is the DeFi sector that you are most bullish on right now, and why? I mean, could right. it be more than one if you have? Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably biased on this. And this this is probably just me alone. Uh, because I've, I've never seen anybody who's who, <laughs> who's a firm believer in this. Uh, as me. Um, 
So stay tuned to find out Jeff's answer and other topics that we discuss in part two of this episode. That brings us to the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Before you go, do remember to give us a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button so you never miss a thing. Comment down below what you liked about this episode, who you would like me to interview next, or any topics that you want to learn more about. Until next time, this is Moose moving out.